All right, welcome to part two of our two-part series talking about the propositions in the Texas election to amend the state constitution. We hope you enjoy. This is Alamo Anthem, where we, the overtaxed, remember our liberty. Direct from the forgotten countryside outside of Alamo City, San Antonio. Have you guys seen this meme? It's like... Are we starting? Maybe. Okay. There's this guy who's like... It shows in every panel. He's doing something and then there'll be some girl like complimenting him, but it's supposed to be demeaning. You know, so it's like, oh, you fix your computer all by yourself? (laughs) Or like... You'd look a lot better looking if you smiled. Um, Or just there's like a couple more like that. But what's funny is that all the comments from guys afterwards would be like, I would love it if people complimented me that much. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. But why do you think guys don't get as many compliments? Maybe it's Uh, uh, because of the... Go ahead, Emily. Maybe it's emasculating. Yeah. Okay. Or no, it's... I don't know. <laughs> do you know why I think? Yeah, I'm sure it has to do with feminism. No, it's 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 kind of a it's not good for guys. Uh, it makes it seem like the girl is interested mm. in the guy. Maybe it's men like, don't uh, respond well after being complimented. I think it's just you don't want to lead because I think it takes so little for guys ah, to be. They like, respond too well. They respond too well. Yeah, it's like it's like oh this girl must be interested and yeah. then it's like but i know i just wanted to give you a compliment and move on with my life type of thing. i kind yeah. of agree with you i remember when i married jay how liberating it was in some ways to be able to be myself around men mm-hmm. and they, there was no threat there yeah and the reason why is because they knew i was married and so it was like oh she you know you didn't have to be a wench you're not on the market the i but i even when some guys think you like them when they di- yeah. when you didn't like them because yeah. of what you're saying. Yeah. Like, they're easily, oh, you give them a little bit of attention. Any positive and all of a sudden, attention. Yeah. Even negative attention. Sometimes. And they're like, oh, she likes me. It's like, no, <laughs> I just talk to you because I'm... I'm just not a psycho. I think you're fun to talk to, but I don't like you. Yeah. Trust me, you know? <laughs> so when I was married to Jay, it was like, oh, that whole thing was lifted. And so I could just be myself. It was really nice, you know? Yeah. There was a, a while ago, Emily was uh, just like asking some random guy a question in the tool store. He wasn't a worker. No, it's that I couldn't reach something. Oh, that's right. And he was really tall, and he just happened to be walking by, and I didn't know if you, like, I thought maybe he worked there or something. And I was like, hey, can you reach that? Like, just, like, really quick. It was something that weighed nothing. It was like one, uh, like a... It was a set of reach. Yeah. Yeah. And then he gave you a lot of attention after that, right? Yeah. (laughs) I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we'll cut that out then. (laughs) I think this is kind of interesting. Yeah. Talking about, you know... The sexes, yeah. the battle of the sexes. Well, you know? and, and don't you feel like uh, once a guy acts a little bit nor- normal around you, like initiates normality, like gives you a little compliment, not a necessarily compliment, but just like mention something, but then isn't like hyper focused. You're like, oh, I'm safe to talk to this person like a normal person. Right. They're not going to be a creep if I like say something nice or just like give them eye contact. <laughs> yeah. Right? I think I'm a man's woman. 
You know what that means? You're Jay's woman. Well, I am Jay's woman. I'm not gay, but um, mostly because I was always one of the guys. Like when I was in high school, my guy friends, they never looked at me. Most of my guy friends that I hung out with never looked at me like, oh, she's dateable. Hmm. It's, oh, it's Michelle, you know? (laughs) And so I've always been easy to be, you know, guys, they find it easy to talk to me because of that. I don't know what it is. I just. uh, I think what it is, is that, you know how you can kind of tell whether or not somebody is like angling, you know, like what is my relationship with this person? Like, are we flirting now? Am I going to give you a little bit? But, but. If you're just like, oh, let's just joke around. Yeah. And then it's like, take it or leave it. You just like move on and, you know, oh, you're here. Okay, great. But you're not like, I'm giving special attention to this person at, to the exclusion of these other people or anything like that. I think it's because like I like to have com- interesting conversations. Yeah. Right. About interesting things yeah. to me. Yeah. Some of the things that girls would talk about weren't that interesting to me. But right. I like talking about sports back in the day. I don't know. I was for a long time. Did, mm-hmm. But did women hate you because mm-hmm. they felt Sometimes. like you're, just, you're taking up all the air yeah. in the room, well, all the men in the room? I could hang out with girls. I had lots of friends that were girls too, but I think girls don't like, they don't like it when they see one person taking up all the attention. That might be what From it all is. The, the queen bee, like uh-huh. the queen bee syndrome. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they're obviously, it doesn't look like you're Emily, you're competing. kind of a man's woman too. Let's yeah, be honest. But I'm not a woman hater. A woman womanator. What does I meant that to mean? Say woman hater. You are oh. a womanator. <laughs> I I don't think I'm a woman. I've had lesbians hit on me. <laughs> You've also had le- lesbians just like really mad Reject at you. you? Like, oh yeah, I've like had really lesbian hostile. Attacks. Yeah, like, <laughs> like hit the back of my heels with grocery carts. Some say I dress like a lesbian. I've heard that before. <laughs> the fanny pack <laughs> around my arm. <laughs> I wear it around my shoulder. Fanny packs are back in style, aren't I they? I know. I was ahead of my time. Yeah. You know? Ahead and behind. Now if I can mm-hmm. get people to accept the high tops and the uh, parachute pants, I don't know what their problem is. <laughs> <laughs> I used to wear a fanny pack when I was younger. <laughs> so practical. Like how much younger? Uh, like Five? elementary school and uh-huh. a little bit, maybe, probably just mostly elementary school. I had a severe bee allergy, so I had a... Okay. Constitutional 11, uh, amendment, Proposition 11, the constitutional amendment authorizing the legislature to permit conservation and reclamation districts in El Paso to issue bonds supported by ad valorem taxes to fund the development and maintenance of parks and recreational facilities. So this would raise the property taxes of residents in El Paso. Sounds like it. Well, then I'd say no. We're against raising taxes. Especially property taxes. Yeah. And especially if it's not just in El Paso. And okay. that was trickery. Yeah, it could lead, leak out from there. Yeah. You know, one thing that, um, like, we we lived in Washington, and one of the things that was really common there, so common that people just kind of know about it now, I think, is that they're, they were always passing different bonds and different budgets that and levies that would fund education. And they would say, and they made a a big point of saying, this can only be used for education. This new tax will only be used for things like increasing teacher salary, lowering class sizes, stuff like that. And then two to three years later, it would always just be absorbed into the general budget of the Mm -hmm. state. And they did this over and over again. Probably still Mm -hmm. are. So anyway, I just, I'm dubious about any time they're like, 
well, we're going to do this and we're going to use it for this state park. And then mm-hmm. tomorrow it's like, well, what about this other state park? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. can we use that same money or do we just tax this other area? Why not tax everybody? It just, yeah. I, I think the principle is once government gets more money and more power, it never comes back. So you want to keep it as small as possible because yeah. you can never scale it back. Right. You know? Okay. Number 12. Uh, the Constitution Amendment providing for the abolition of the Office of County Treasurer in Galveston County. Another one that is for Galveston County. And I can already guess what you guys are going to say. It's the abolition of a government office. So <laughs> <laughs> It's just, again, it's odd that it's, in, it's a state issue. It, yeah. it, it makes me wonder if it's part of the state constitution that organizes um, these offices in each county. And maybe that's why they're doing it that mm-hmm. way. Maybe. But which, in which case, it would seem like it would be better for them to say each county can decide whether or not they have it. It seems odd to me that, but maybe just, I mean, I'll probably just skip this one when I vote because. You're not going to vote for it? Well, I'm, it's not a, I'm not in Galveston. But it could pertain to the ability to. Okay, I'll think about it. You know? Yeah. What do you think, Emily? I mean, I guess I just wonder, well, what are they going to do instead? They're, I yeah. mean, it's not like they're not going to have taxes, so what are they yeah. going to do? And I don't know the answer, so. Yeah. I don't know there must be in. some reason they're bringing it to the state. And just for our listeners, we're not experts. We never claim to be experts on all the stuff that we're talking about. We're just three people having a conversation about what's going on. But we are always right. <laughs> <laughs> Joe. I'm always right. I don't know about you, yeah, but, that's... you know. Okay. Number 13, the constitutional amendment to increase the mandatory age of retirement for state justices and judges. Hmm. Why does government raise the age of retirement in certain positions? Why do they do that, do you think? Well, those are powerful positions, aren't they? And yeah, so they want to keep they want to keep that with the people who are in. So they have longer in mm. office. They have more Biden Oof. situations. Do we really want that? <laughs> McConnell well, I'm yeah. always... Who's the California senator who just died? What's her Feinstein. name again? Yeah, Feinstein. Feinstein. She's in there right? forever. And then who Pelosi. was the Supreme Court justice who was... Oh, oh my RBG. gosh. Yeah. So to me, this is like not having uh, term limits, right? It's kind of that same way because it... Or raising it up. Because it's allowing them to serve longer, right? So it's like taking away the limit. The problem is not everybody ages the same. Some people are, you know, I mean, they still have basically the same mind. Yeah, at a much older age than other people, so I don't know. So what it does is it changes the mandatory retirement age from 75 to 79, and it also increases the minimum retirement age from 70 to 75. So there's a minimum retirement age and a mandatory one. And so it basically scoots it up, you know, four or five years. And I guess one of the issues that they're running into is that depending on the age of a judge that was being elected for a seven-year term would have to leave after four years because of aging out. And they note on Ballotpedia that the original mandatory retirement age was adopted in 1965. So I don't know. I mean, people are living older now, longer now, so maybe... You know. But are they living better now? <laughs> <laughs> One would hope. Are they living smarter? <laughs> That's a good point. I can tell you I don't think that it, 
The uh, standard help. American diet's helping. Right. Not helping the brain. That's can, a whole other a uh, episode, right? seed oil right there. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds ageist. Um, cause you know, that's a thing. I don't know if you guys knew that. Yeah. It's a it. thing to be an ageist. Yeah. It's like racist against age. But I look at our current leaders right now and they have no business being in office and I don't know why they hold on to power so hard. Yeah. I feel like, I, got. I feel like, uh, they need to pass the baton. Okay. The last amendment is 14. Uh, the constitution amendment providing for the creation of the Centennial Parks Conservation Fund. To be used for the creation improvement of state parks. So they're trying to create a fund mm-hmm. for state parks. Yeah, I would just say no. If they want state parks that bad because they want more people to want to live here, then they got to figure it out with all of the money that they already have. And they already have too much. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, everyone would like state parks, but that's why they that's why they send things like this to vote. Mm-hmm. It's the things that everybody actually wants because they don't want to take away the money that they are spending you know, on stuff that nobody wants. Yeah. That's the way it works. So okay. no. In my so opinion. you're doing no on that one. Mm-hmm. That's it for constitutional amendments. That's all of it? That's it. We did all 14. Oh, wow. But Emily has one last story that we were going to talk about tonight. All right. Here's one. This is in uh, the KSAT news outlet. And they ran uh, an article titled City of Hondo Silent on Audits into Blue Santa Program Employee Pay Raises. Blue Santa? What does okay. that mean? Well, there's two issues going on from what I gather in this yep. article. But go ahead and talk about them. Okay. So the city... <laughs> okay, so the Blue Santa Program is one that's been around for a while in Texas where people donate a bunch of money and the uh, police departments then take it and they uh, use it to give toys to people who can't afford them for their kids for Christmas. Okay. That's a nice thing Sounds to do. Sounds great. What's it does sound great. Well, this says here that City of Hondo officials this month blocked the release of findings from audits into the police department's Blue Santa program. Why would they block it? <laughs> that is the question. So it looks like there is some impropriety, right? So it wasn't very clear as to... Uh, yet again, I feel like I say this in every single episode. It wasn't clear where the funds were going. It never is. <laughs> yet a dime for every time I say that. It wouldn't be clear where the dime is going. <laughs> <laughs> um, the funny part about it is it says that the findings... Well, hold on, let me find it here. The findings were reviewed... Uh, by the city and have since been turned over to law enforcement. Oh, thank goodness. Oh, wait. Aren't they the ones that are <laughs> we've misappropriating this money? And we've found ourselves to be innocent. Right. So, and then for the pay increases, and this is the one that I really... Can I also just say real quick yeah. that, you know, you might read that, especially if you're kind of automatically kind of giving them the benefit of the doubt in this situation and think, oh, well, that doesn't mean that it's given over to the same law enforcement that is having the trouble. But that just shows, like, it's either bad reporting or they're hiding something, right? Because that would be the immediate question that you would ask as an editor or as an author of one of these articles. If they say law enforcement, well, what law enforcement body? You know, that's leaving something out. Yeah, my guess is that they that the county or the, I mean that the city isn't telling them 
Mm. That's my guess on this. Yeah. And part of the reason I think that is because, and we'll go into, I'll read a little bit more of this article here in a minute. It's not very long, but the, at the same, in the same week that this article came out, uh, in KSAT, the Hondo Anvil Herald paper happened to also have an article where they said that, um, the, it was, it, they didn't mention any of these audits or anything like that, or let alone that they were blocking the audits, but they did say it was something like, um, Hondo city employees get, uh, salary increases and some to get decreases. I didn't see any of the decreases as I went on to read the article, but they just talk about it like everything's in order and they've hired a consultant to come in and compare their salaries with other similar cities, uh, employees' salaries, and supposedly it's below average or something like that, you know? So they just happen to have this article at the same time, but they don't mention any of this, hmm. the audits. Well, you forgot to mention the other half of this article. I haven't forgotten okay. about it. Here, I'm getting to it. So it says here, pay logs from the fall of 2020 through the spring of 2021 show numerous employees were given raises between 30% and 93% with pay increases, often incurring just months apart. Some increases lack proper documentation, including compensation pay studies. Pay log records indicate he was, uh, this is referring to the city manager, it says pay log records indicate he was drawing a salary from both positions as of October 20th, or October 2020, pushing his pay to nearly $93 an hour. A separate employee saw her salary increase 93% between October 2020 and January 2021. The increases included two promotions and a cost of living adjustment, records show. A second employee got an 82% salary increase between uh, October 2020 and March 2021. The increase included a promotion, a cost of living adjustment, followed by a $3.25 raise per hour for additional duties, records show. City officials last week through an attorney declined to release the results of the pay increase audit, claiming doing so would, quote, interfere with the detection investigation or prosecution of crime so in other words we can't do our jobs when you're investigating us right yeah and they don't say the crime they say of crime of crime of all crime <laughs> <laughs> seems like a weird phrasing like don't you think it's vague on purpose i do think it's vague on purpose <laughs> yeah i think it's suspect i mean like i said before it's either poor journalism which i i don't think is what's going on because they're kind of, these are like quotes, you know, <clears throat> or they're being vague on purpose. Well, no, it wouldn't be the journalism. This is what the city's attorney right. said yeah, on purpose. Right. Well, obviously on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the other thing. Yeah. Is that this is an attorney is somebody who picks their words very carefully. Uh-huh. That's what that's the whole purpose that you have an attorney say something. So you don't accidentally say something wrong. Right. And incriminating. Okay, so what would that be per year? $93 an hour for like one of these. What is that, Joe? So you just double it and add... 180 you know, Uh-huh, about 185 whatever. Okay, so that... And then which position? That That'd was the city nice. manager. The city manager was getting paid as both city manager and police chief and getting 180 a year. So if anyone <clears throat> is wondering if they have enough money from the property taxes that they already take... In Hondo, you just look up some of these salaries and ask yourself, you know. Devil's advocate, they when they say, well, those are normally filled by two people, 
So if you were paying two people, it would be a lot more than okay. that amount. Could be. But what about these other ones where people are getting, they're giving themselves 82% salary increases yeah. in a year? Well, so. just to go back, I don't think that's a good that's a good argument because it's like you shouldn't be doing two jobs. If you can do two jobs with one person, eliminate one of them, right? Yeah. If you can be the police chief and the city manager. Presumably they're not working 80 hours a week. I know those city buildings aren't staying open 80 hours a week. Right, right. I yeah. mean, when it's five, they're shut. That's it. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So what else? What else do we want to say about this? Uh, I just think, I think sorry, it's really fast. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> what does anybody else want to say about this <laughs> before you do? Go ahead. I mean, the whole point, the main point of this article isn't their outrageously large salaries that they're giving themselves and raises. Like if you wanted to make a lot more money, than what you already make, you would need to change companies and you could hope for a 20% increase. Am I right? Yeah. Isn't that about? Okay. Yeah. A 20% increase is a good pay increase and it takes you changing jobs, interviewing, yeah. researching, going around, you know, doing all this stuff, right? Right. They're just giving themselves 30 to, what was the other one? 93, 30 to 93% increases. Mm-hmm. So here's what I have to say about it. I remember when I got that foreclosure notice, remember that debacle where they told me I owed them money because I just moved my homestead exemption. Oh, I remember. And um, I was the, the approach made me so upset that they used the bullying tactic of having a lawyer send me a letter made me so angry because it was just a fear tactic that they could have easily avoided by just sending a regular letter like, oh, by the way, there's a, you know. Uh, discrepancy. discrepancy that needs to be taken care of. If they would have just done that, it would have taken care of it. But no, it was like foreclosure notice and bold statement telling me the date that it would almost foreclose. But anyway, I was so bothered by that. And I thought I was discussing this with somebody. And I was like, I want to call their boss and tell them, make a complaint. And the person I was talking to was like, who's their boss? And I started thinking about it. And it's Melissa Lutz, by the way, in the assessor's office, the county assessor, right? She's a nice person. I don't have anything against her. It's just her office used a bullying tactic, in my opinion. Anyway, so I was like, who is the boss? Who could I go over to complain? And the answer is no one. We are the boss. We are the boss. Well, that's what you think. Which is why they need to be elected positions. They should be elected elected positions. So a lot of people think that, that we're their boss. But it's like, if we're the ones that that they are bossing around, then they're the boss, right? So we pay them to boss us around. They so take, they no, take no, 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 no. That's like saying more. that we pay a mob boss to extort a business for fire insurance. You know what I mean? You're not, you're not actually paying them for protection. You're paying them so they don't do something worse to you. You know what I mean? It's like they take your money and then they say, if you stop giving us this money, we're going to take your house. You know, but it's also in law, like it's written in right. law and yeah. policy. So they have the ability to do that unless you're a lawyer mm-hmm. and know how to fight the policy. You have to abide by the law. Yeah. And that's the problem with all of this. It's because it's within and that's why everyone needs to go and they need to know these things so that when they go and vote, they're, they're voting and using their democratic power to fight back as much as they can. Turns out you're only like one fifty thousandth their boss right i think that's 
Yeah, what it comes down but to. But if we all do it, right, then we all are the boss. So to end tonight, I just so wanna... you're you're in favor of mob rule. <laughs> no, I just am in favor of us um, sticking up for ourselves. Yeah, advocating for ourselves yeah. and using logic and reason to ask questions like, just because it's the status quo doesn't have to be this way, and we can change it. But we all have to want to change it, not just a couple people. Yeah. Um, I think when you sorry. This is only thing I want to say about that. I think that when you start to look at your own opinions and or the way that you think, you start to notice more and more thinking patterns that you've been trained to have, right? Where you're like, well, that's just the way it is. You know, every time you think of something that's like, yeah, it shouldn't be that way. Like, why are they allowed to keep taking this from me? Taking more from me all the time, giving me nothing in exchange. And even if they did give me something in exchange, if I didn't ask for it, they shouldn't be taking stuff from me, right? But we're all trained. And so as you start thinking about, you know, taxation in this way, you start seeing that it's like there's been some serious mental training that's come upon us to get our thinking patterns this way where we, where we just accept it. Yeah. yeah. It's like uh, if your kid were to steal your credit card and then go and buy you a gift and then pay <laughs> themselves for doing the service for you. And it's like... Well, I guess that gift is good, but it's not what I would have chosen to pay for myself. Yeah. And you paid yourself to do it, you know? <laughs> like, it's never going to be as efficient as you just having your own money and so, deciding with it. I think what I want to leave our listeners with is to ask themselves this question. It's a very fundamental question. And that is, what is the role of government in our lives? Is the role to take care of us? Or is the role to stay out of our way <laughs> so we can take care of ourselves? And that's that's the question I've had to come to over time. Because like Emily was saying, I think we all have been conditioned that way. And we think that government's responsibility is to provide so many things for us. And so we, we end up letting them have so much. And then we get upset when they aren't living up to what we think they should be living up to. But the point, really what the problem is, is we've given them too much power over time. If you, uh, if you accept that it was you who bought that golf course or made mm -hmm. those contracts for the airport, like we were talking about on the other episode, it's the same logic if we believe that we're responsible for these pickles that we're in with budgets and how much you know we're on the hook for. It's the same logic of saying that this generation right here is responsible for slavery or for other heinous acts in the in the past, which we're not. That Those were other people. Maybe we would have made similar decisions in the past. Maybe we wouldn't. There's no way to know because we don't live in that time. But, you know, we don't inherit that guilt. Yeah, I think it's extremely important that people not feel guilty for things they are not guilty of. <clears throat> and that we do own the guilt for things that we are guilty of. Right. And then you you accept it and then figure out how to make it right. But we shouldn't be mixing all that around with each other. You mm -hmm. know, yeah. you're not guilty for the stuff I do and I'm not guilty for the stuff you do. Right. Very good. But back to the fundamental. What is the role of government in our lives and what should it be? And I think that's when we can figure that out, then we'll be able to start making the proper changes as we, and, and know how to vote. That will come naturally. As you understand the role of proper role of government, 
you won't have to worry about the candidate per se. I mean, yes, it's important to know the candidate, but you'll be more concerned about the ideas presented by the candidate. And they're because when they start to promote ideas that are to make government bigger, then you might con- reconsider that candidate because maybe you like the candidate, his personality or her personality, but the ideas that they represent just add more to the government. It makes it easier. When you understand the proper role of government, you will learn how to vote. Right. Because, <clears throat> right. Because like lots of these constitutional amendments, they're offering things that are, sound like good things. All the infrastructure bills are tempting. And the right. parks too. Those are all things we all really, really want. But I think you have to always come back to the negative rights versus positive rights. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. You want to explain that, Joe? You're really good at it. Uh, so a negative right is a right that you have that prohibits people from doing things to you, such as, you know, they're not allowed to steal from you, take your life, hurt you, um, you know, impede you in, in any in any of these ways, which means that you're not allowed to do that either to everybody, um, to anybody. So those are negative those rights. Those are negative rights. Those are the rights we like. A positive right is more like another word for it would be like an entitlement Mm -hmm. that you're entitled to positive action on the part of someone else to do something for you or to give you something. Well, the implication there is always that it's like you're entitled to a slave. Yeah. So now you've already violated the negative rights of someone. I think the moment you move into positive rights, you violated negative. Yeah. Because you're taking from someone else. Right. Because those things don't grow on trees. Yeah. Yeah. So many people have conceded, to the idea that taxes are just a fact. And since they're there, we might as well use them for good things. Everybody likes good things, but we always have to remember the sacrifice that we've we've made internally with this principle that we're okay with a little bit of just taking from people for well, the greater and, good. And I think what we should specifically remember are the people who uh, actually had their homes taken from them. You know, in Medina County. Hmm. I mean, it's not like that's the only county it's happened in. It happens all over. There's tax sales. That's a thing. There's a whole industry based on it. We talked about it last week. Right. But I mean, really think about these people, you know, moving out of their own houses. That could be us. And where are they going? Like, how are they going to live now? Well, we shouldn't be taking people's stuff. One thing I want to say real quick, because on the subject of, you know, government's responsibility, a lot of times people can't imagine the government not doing things like for instance, roads. We talked about roads a little bit last week. I found this article real quick. Can I just read a little bit? Please of it? do. Um, it's called, this is who will build the roads by star Bouton. And it's May of 2022. I hope I said that name right, but uh, here's a pull quote. Um, he says a common counter argument to many libertarian principles goes something along the lines of without the government, who will build the roads? Um, almost everyone who's tried to debate libertarian ideology will encounter this argument at some point in the minds of many statists, economic services that are almost, Oh, I can't even say this word. Ubiquitously provided ubiquitously, ubiquitously provided by the government in the United States and elsewhere could not possibly be provided by the private sector, lest they be riddled with market failures and corruption. More often than not, They only make these arguments because they simply have never lived in a society where roads were handled by anyone other than the government, and thus they can't imagine anything different. In reality, of course, roads are no different than any other good or service. 
Just as the free market can provide consumers with computers, food, cars, houses, and countless other products which require vast amounts of coordination and technical knowledge to create, they can handle road construction just fine as well. Right now, private companies already build almost all the roads in the United States. They simply get their revenue from government contracts, which are paid for by the confiscation of money through taxation rather than from individual consumers. There are numerous reasons why privatizing roads would not only make them cheaper to build, but also safer, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly. This is what this guy thinks. Um, And then he goes on um, talking about how they do it in Europe, which I was like, whoa. Uh, Here's a part that they say. It says private companies um, can build roads at a much lower price than the government can. When the government spends money, here's the part I like. They do not have to seriously worry about losing that revenue they end up spending. This is because they earn it through taxation, which citizens have to pay. Regardless, they wouldn't even use the word earn. This is, you know, I'm I'm really picky about those words. Okay. But they get it through taxation, which citizens have to pay regardless of it, if they like the services they are given or not. At the same time, the firms they contract to provide services know the government has this moral... I love this word hazard yeah. where they take mm-hmm. and can thus charge pri- higher prices of them than they would private customers. Yeah. Right. There's a specific definition of moral hazard. It's a, it's a phrase used in, in economics. And what it is is when you have public risk for private gain. So we're all taking the risk of, of any of these projects that happen, but only certain people gain from them. Right. So a private company, if they get contracted, if it works out, then they make a lot of money and maybe we get some technology out of it. Or sometimes it's just like, oh, we have secured this service or something like that. But if it doesn't work out, they get paid no matter what. And then that just means that the taxpayer is on the hook for it because they were guaranteed. And then um, then they can charge higher prices than they would a private customer which would influence the government through lobbying, public relations, and other forms of public persuasion, which would assist in the goal and cause corruption, right? Because that's what happens. Thus, the government regularly ends up paying two, three, five, ten, even 50, even 100 times more for various products than they would if it was for the private sector. Jay and I were talking about this the other day with his job. He has to to order things because he does finance part of the military And he has to order things from a specific company. And they charge so much for that. And it's like, why? Why do you have to use that company? Seals. Here's one back in 2018. It was costing, and this is in Seattle, Seattle actually itself, $12 million per mile for a bike lane that they put in. Boy. Yeah. $12 million per mile. John Stossel has done a lot of like like really good uh, segments about this, like building like a park bathroom in new york and just uh-huh. like millions of dollars he's one of my favorite yeah all right well that's all i have to say i i guess the summarization is what is the proper role of government when you know what the proper role of government is and should be in our lives and i think it's pretty much illustrated through our founders and their ideas and the constitution then it's easier to know what to vote for we gave you the amendments hopefully you'll make the right decision go out and vote it's starts uh tomorrow october 23rd and goes until uh, election day. November. Yeah, November 6th. Except for Sundays right? off. Yeah, every day except for Sunday. Well, that's all I've got today. All right. Yeah, go vote. Go vote. <laughs> Get out the vote. <laughs> yeah.
Unless you don't vote like us, then just stay home. <laughs> Bye. See you next time. Bye.